We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'm not even letting the intro go all the way through because that's how impatient and frustrated I am. This is TJ Zwart, your host for today, joined with Keith Eister, ready to break down a 14-game slate. We've been talking for almost 30 minutes already and just realized now, shout out to the YouTube chat for saying, where the hell are you guys? Because we were talking to no one. We were breaking the slate down and there was nobody there. We weren't recording. We weren't live. But we're here now, so uh, hit that like button to uh, ease my anxiety because uh, that was just fully my bad. And so uh, let's dive into this slate. No time to waste. 14 games. Tampa Bay at New York, eight and a half total. I can rifle through this quick because I've already talked about it. And so I know where I'm going. Zach Eflin, Carlos Radon. Eflin, maybe some pitch count issues, left his last game with some injuries. Probably not going there at full price. But you might like some Rodon, uh, even though he's been struggling lately. Yeah, it's been a rough go for Rodon. Obviously, a late start to his season, and the the command, the control has been awful in his first couple of starts. But this is a guy that signed a massive contract. He's a massive strikeout pitcher when he when he's going right, and he's not quite fully priced like that. 
obviously a tough spot here against Tampa. Um, I've been chasing him, just waiting for that breakout start where he puts it all together. Maybe this is a spot here against Tampa. It's definitely large field tournament only until we know for sure that he's back and healthy. Um, but I'm, I'll be chasing strikeouts for Rodon. Chasing some strikeouts. There are a few of those in that Tampa Bay lineup, but there's also some power and some strong hitters as well. I'm going to want to wait and see what this lineup is, see what the positions are, see who has the pinch hit risk in the bat, see what the percentages are, things like that. But I know at this point, I really like Franco, Erosarena, and uh, Isaac Paredes, and and, uh, probably going to like some Betancourt as well as a really cheap catcher. Yeah, Paredes would be my favorite guy here. Uh, Jose Siri, another guy you can play, has some some speed to his game as well. Um, yeah, probably just looking for a home run or two off of Rodon. Don't know if it's a full stack. Um, certainly the walk issues that he's displayed, I wouldn't fault you at all if you wanted to full stack it. We've just got a ton of options on this massive 14-game slate. Yeah, 100%. Offenses, uh, the offense on the other side of this one, the Yankees, Always Aaron Judge is in play. Giancarlo Stanton's price has come down a little bit. I can't see myself stacking against Eflin, but a little bit of home run hunting, I don't mind that. Yeah, Judge and Stanton for home runs, just being in the ballpark, those are two elite power hitters. Stanton's been in a real funk here lately, but that's dropped the price under 5K, like you said. Um, He has two home run upside in in any matchup. Eflin really good, so not a full stack for me, uh, but don't mind chasing some home runs here. Milwaukee at Washington, eight and a half total in this one. Freddie Peralta, Josiah Gray. Freddie Peralta was lights out in his last start, 9.4K. Do you have some interest in him? I do. 13 strikeouts in his last in his last outing. Obviously, you, you can't expect that every time out, um, but that is the type of upside that he possesses. So I certainly think that you can chase that. Um, Washington is not a high strikeout team, but they're not a high power team either. Um, which should allow him to go deeper into this game. I could could see six or seven innings here, and seven or eight strikeouts would not surprise me at all. I would take that at 9,400. Um, Candelario just traded away from this Washington offense uh, to my Cubs. Hopefully, uh, and there's a possibility that they could move even more hitters, like Lane Thomas getting moved would not surprise me. Um, just a really weak Washington offense with a lack of power. So even though they don't strike out a ton, I still think there's upside here for, for Peralta. Pavetta uh, faders repent as he's going, gone through he's his innings with only one run and eight Ks right now. Lighten up Seattle. How about Josiah Gray on the other side? 6.5K going up against this Brewers offense that isn't fantastic, but they definitely got some power there. Yeah, they do have power, but they also they also strike out. Um, Gray, or, yeah, Gray is only 6,500. The strikeouts have not quite been to the level I kind of expected them to be this season. Early in the year, it looked like he was maybe breaking out. His strikeout rate was up in the, in the mid-20s. Now it's all the way back down under 20%. So a little bit concerned about the lack of strikeouts, a little concerned about Milwaukee's power, um, but I think there's upside here at this price tag against um, a high strikeout Milwaukee team. Yeah, I, I could see myself getting there on a smaller slate. I do agree there could be some upside, but just, I think, a few too many options uh, out there tonight for me to be going to Josiah Gray. How about the uh, Brewers' offense against him? Outside of Yelich Contreras and Adamas, this team is just so incredibly cheap, and I really like mixing them in as a stack um, when I'm like doing a double payup for pitching type thing. Yeah, I, I can definitely get on board with the, the stack. Yelich has had a really good year. Uh, nice rebound for him. 
Frelick is only 3,900. I really like that price tag. Uh, Santana should be a good addition for this offense, 3,800. Terang is a speed guy at 3K. Don't mind that. Um, Toro is a recent addition. Not sure if he'll crack the lineup or not. Um, I, I think it's more of a mini stack for me, and I, I just do one of the expensive guys between Yelich, Contreras, Adamas, uh, and then pick two cheapies. Frelick and uh, probably Santana would be my two, fa- two favorite cheapies. Yeah, I think they'd be probably my two favorites as well. Always don't mind mixing in some Joey Weimer. Um, but Frelick, at, at, uh, his price tag is increasing, which I don't love, but I still think 3900 is more than uh, a reasonable price tag for him. Washington, for me, it's C.J. Abrams or Bust because we have already talked about this. I know you have no interest in Washington, so I'm just going to take us right to the next game. We got Detroit. We got Pittsburgh. Another eight and a half total in this one. I made a bunch of jokes on the last one, how we have a bunch of eight and a half totals. I'm not going to make them again. They're not, they weren't that fun. <laughs> uh, we got Matt Manning at Johan Oviedo, two guys that I think on a smaller slate because of their price tags, you can make arguments to, re, uh, to go to them, but on a slate with the, where we have 14 games, so many great pitching options, maybe a little bit of Oviedo, but I don't think you have uh, much need to go to either of these guys. Talk to me about offense. Do you have any interest in going to uh, the Tigers bats? Really bad offense. It's also a, a good pitcher's park. Um, so I don't think it's a full stack for me. There are a couple of cheapies. I really like McKinstry at 3,800 and Kerry Carpenter at 3,600. Um, I don't mind those two as a mini stack, but definitely not a full stack for me. And so close to uh, multiple home run parlays getting a hit in a big way. If anybody from the Padres or the Red Sox would do something. And it uh, it's not a good start, especially for the Red Sox, who are now going into the eighth inning. So I'm getting disappointed. And I'm going to just start aggressively tilting so that hopefully uh, I can be surprised and uh, just be pre-disappointed so that if something happens, great. But if not, well, I was just right. And so I can't be mad that I was right because I didn't think it was going to happen. But uh, I agree. I really like Kerry Carpenter outside of him. I don't think I'm going to be getting too much of these guys. And on the opposite side, no full stacks for me, but Sawinski, 3,500, I love. And there's some other cheap plays here too. Yeah, I love the Sawinski call at 3,500. Reynolds is cheap now too at 4,300. That like We paid 5K for him before. Not a full stack for me either though. I'm, I'm looking for tons of upside. We've got some elite offenses in great spots, so. Just a, a one-off or a mini stack for Pittsburgh for me. Baltimore at Toronto, another eight and a half total. We got Kyle Bradish going up against uh, Hinju Ryu. I always struggle with that name so much. Just the back-to-back small syllables all in a row. It's hard to say. It's a tongue twister. But he's back off the IL. This is a former ace. He's 7K. Uh, and Kyle Bradish going up against the Blue Jay team. That's now going to be without Bo Bichette, who hurt his knee in Monday's game. Um, do you have any interest in Kyle Bradish going up against the Jays? I think it's a really tough spot for Bradish. It's a, a ballpark downgrade going from Baltimore, which now plays as a, a pretty pitcher-friendly park, into Toronto. Um, he's a little bit reverse splitsy. Toronto has a ton of right-handed power, even without Bichette in there. There's still all those big power righties. Um Big, all those big power righties, including Whit Merrifield, who just loves proving Dean wrong, who said he sucked and uh, <laughs> has been hitting dinger after dinger lately. Good for Whit. Nice little late career resurgence. I, I think I'm going to stay away from Bradish today. Uh, 8,700, just a little bit too much for this really tough spot against Toronto. Yeah, I agree. No Bradish for me in this one. 
Uh, Toronto's just too good of an offense. And if Bradish were mid seven Ks, yes, absolutely. I'm taking some shots, but at eight, seven, no, thank you. You mentioned you looked at his uh, minor league games and Ryu has been stretched out. He got up to 85 pitches. He's only seven K never been a big strikeout guy, but that's a lot of name value for a cheap price tag. Yeah. I mean, he's formerly a really great pitcher. Obviously the strikeout rate has been declining for years, even before the injuries. And now he's had a really long layoff. So this, it comes with a ton of risk, but just seeing seven K next to Ryu's name feels too cheap. It's not a great matchup against Baltimore. They do struggle a little bit more against lefties. So I think he's playable in this spot. Obviously a ton of risk with the layoff, but seven K for Ryu. I think you can do worse for that price. Quite a few viewers tuning into the late night show. I appreciate it. Everybody's up to watch the Padres and Rockies that got <laughs> delayed three hours and somehow still ended up playing. So uh, nice to see everybody tuning in, make sure tuning in live, make sure you hit that like button. Even if you're watching the next day, make sure you like subscribe, hit that notification bell it does wonders for the YouTube channel. So uh, we appreciate you doing that. What about the offenses in this one? Are you going to be playing any Blue Jays going up against Bradish? Yeah, I certainly like home run hunting here. Uh, Vlad and Chapman, my two favorites. Springer's been in quite a funk here recently, but he should come out of that any day now. Um, so don't mind paying up for Springer either. You mentioned the tear that Whit Merrifield has been on. I don't know that I want to pay 4600 for him. Uh, I hope he, could, he keeps it up and proves me wrong. Uh, the catchers I like for sure. Jansen at 3,200 or Kirk at, at 3K would be fine with either of them. And Belt has has been hitting really well here recently. He's still only 3K. Probably a mini stack for me just because Bradish is an above average pitcher. Um, but there's a lot of power in this lineup. I certainly don't mind looking for home runs or, or using three of them as a mini stack. Yeah, I really like doing some Vladdy and uh, mixing in a mini stack in there as well. How about Baltimore on the other side of things? Keith, we're back. We're caught up to where we were, and it, and it took us <laughs> half the time. We got through this in 11 minutes, and it took us 19 in our first run-through. Um, we're absolutely killing it. No harm done. Baltimore going up against you. Maybe just, like, knowing me, I'll probably be throwing out 150 out there again. I'm only I'm on uh, Grinders Live, so I have some time afterwards. When you're on crunch time, I can listen to you to – uh, finalize my plays and get my lineups in on Tuesday. Um, so I'll probably throw out the 150. And because I'm doing that, I'm, I'm going to take some chances and just go, well, Ryu might be terrible, and I'll, and I'm going to fill out lots of full stacks. Um, but outside of that, I think I just like a mini stack better, specifically like Mount Castle Hayes and one of Santander or Rutschman. Yeah, I, I prefer Baltimore against righties, um, but they do have some elite hitters against lefties as well. Santander is better against lefties. Mountcastle and Hayes are both very good against lefties. Um, so I, I do like that three-man right there. You can certainly add Gunnar Henderson, even lefty-lefty, or Rutschman switch hitter into that. Um, Ryu has had reverse splits in his career too, so Henderson might be a sneaky little option on this slate. Um I agree. I think it's more of a mini stack for me, and the and I the three cheaper righties are my favorite spot. But Adley and and Gunner, you can certainly play in, in any matchup as well. Cal Raleigh just hit uh, his second home run of the night, a solo shot. Nick Pavetta is still out there for a ninth, has, has nine strikeouts now. Derek Ringering and Chat played both in the same lineup. He's got Pavetta and he's got Cal Raleigh, so he's cooking right now because I know he said that that lineup was doing really well, also. So. Shout out to Derek. Hopefully uh, we can we can join you with that sweat and you get something uh, going. 
LA at the Angels. Uh, we finally got something that is not an eight and a half total. It's a nine total. And we got Patrick Sandoval going up against Spencer Strider. 7.1K Sandoval going up against the best offense in baseball. You think you can get there at all? Nope. <laughs> nope. Me neither. Can't play Sandoval against uh, this Angels team. He's been pitching better lately. Uh, those strikeouts uh, have been coming back a little bit, but not against the Angels. And, and Sorry, not against Atlanta, and especially not a left-handed pitcher against Atlanta. Uh, Strider on the other side, this is undoubtedly the top pitcher on the slate he's the top pitcher on every slate but he's 12.5k how are you going to be prioritizing him yeah it's the race to 13k i don't think we've ever seen a 13k pitcher maybe garrett cole back in the day a couple years back when he was like cole Degrom and sale when sale was like 2018 all of them might have like got close to touching it i don't think dk was as aggressive with the pricing as they have been this year and a little bit last year so I, I don't I recall seeing a DeGrom on FanDuel. Okay. Maybe maybe a couple times, but it's rare air for sure. And Strider is on his way there. Strikeout rate up, around, up near 40%. The Angels made some additions to the offense. I don't care. Strider is still going to be a priority for me. It's going to be like you're going to have to make decisions. You're not going to be able to stack the Padres and play Strider more than likely. Um, but Strider will absolutely be a big part of my pool. You, you got to find some cheaper offenses to do that with. Um, but the guy just has double digit strikeout upside every time he takes the mound. Um, we just like, he was poorly projected against Boston everywhere around the industry. And guy just comes out there and, and strikes out 10 against one of the lowest strikeout teams in baseball. So nail that you have to play Artie. I was telling everybody <laughs> play strider. He said, nobody did. Straight up, Strider had like 25 points, and Valdez, who he liked better, had, I think, like negative five. So that <laughs> one felt pretty good. I mean, I played Valdez too, so I didn't make any money uh, because my my team was a double payup. It was Strider and Valdez. But uh, still, it felt nice to at least win that argument. What about the bats on this one? I'm with you. It's, it's going to be tough to get there, and you'll have to find cheap bats, but I'm going to go out of my way to find as many cheap bats as physically possible because I want to get to as much Strider as I can. I'm not going to be playing any Angels not named Shohei Otani. Uh, Strider does give up a lot of hard contact when people hit the ball, so Otani, I think, is going to be a phenomenal contrarian one-off, but uh, not going to be stacking up this team at all, especially not on a 14-game slate. Braves, they are the top stack on the board, not in Coors, and I think there might be even the top stack on the board, even if you include Coors. Yeah, I mean, they just, I know they failed on Monday night, but they're not going to do that very often. Um, this is a great spot against Sandoval, who's had a rough season. Like you mentioned, he's been a little bit better here recently, but the the Braves have just been so amazing here recently, and they line up really well against lefties. Uh, obviously, Acuna is fantastic. Olsen lefty-lefty at 6,300, I mean, just other than contrarian reasons, Sandoval is pretty neutral splits too, so I, I don't hate it, but I don't like him as much as I did on Monday night. Uh, Albies is a fantastic play at 5,600. Riley has has crushed lefties throughout his career at 6,100 as well. Sean Murphy should be back in the lineup. He sat on Monday night, um, 5,500. Like it's the best offense in baseball. They're expensive, but they have double digit run upside every, every single night. So you got to find a way to to get some of them for sure. Looking at this uh, Monday DFS slate, just I, as we got a few people having sweats in the chat as well, might as well keep bringing it back in. 
I'm in a fun little situation because my single entry DFS team right now is doing really well. My MME, it's $345 entry fees, $345 winning. So anytime you can break it, even on MME, I'm happy. But I'm in a situation where I fully faded cores. So if the Padres do well, that'll suck for my DraftKings build, but that'll do, that'll probably be good for my home run parlay if it's Tis Machado or Sanchez. So even if one of them hits and the other one doesn't, the other one should probably cover my base uh, there today. Um, Atlanta, it's so tough. Atlanta is my top offense. Strider's my top pitcher. The bats are so expensive and Strider's so expensive. I'm probably going to be doing something where every offense that I'm not paying up at pitch, every, every lineup where I'm not pitching up, paying up at pitcher is probably going to be a Braves or Coors stack. And every lineup that I don't have the Braves or Coors is probably going to have Spencer Strider. Um, like those are the two spots the, the Braves pitching and the Braves hitting are going to be the two spots that I'm prioritizing the most St. Louis and Minnesota in the next one. No total yet in this one. We got Pablo Lopez going up against Jack Flaherty Flaherty, a guy who has walked so many people this year. Um, but Minnesota is the highest strike strikeout offense in all of baseball. Uh, so something's probably got to give here. Flaherty has been a bit better with the walks recently. Um, First off, Pablo Lopez, 10.8K. That's going to be a no for me going up against <laughs> the Cardinals. I feel like we can just skip him. Jack Flaherty at 7. Well, you do have though. to talk about the 30% strikeout rate. I agree. It's a no for me too. But yeah. Pablo Lopez has been striking out a bunch of guys this season. Um, St. Louis is in sell mode. If Nolan Arenado ends up getting moved today, I, I would consider Pablo Lopez. But I agree. He's he's way overpriced for this. Like, it's a tough matchup. St. Louis has been a huge disappointment, but they're still above, an above-average offense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Like, he's he's a great pitcher. It's just I, I very rarely target guys against uh, the Cardinals, and when I do, it's not when they're 10K. But I'm with you. If and, all this and not on a Strider slate either. And not on a Strider slate, exactly. But it's also one of those situations where if Arnauto's not in the lineup, if for some reason Goldschmidt or Gorman sit – then yeah, this is probably one of the best spots on the slate. So you fire up some Pablo Lopez, Jack Flaherty on the other side. I'm going to make a prediction right here. He he's not making the start. He's getting traded. Um, so I, if if we want to break it down, just in case he doesn't, but he's very squarely on the trade block as well. He's a free agent. I don't see any reason that St. Louis would not move him today. I would. Uh... I would take. I don't know if I'd take Jack Flaherty on the Blue Jays because I don't think they need him. But I would definitely maybe uh, take a little Nolan Arenado. What What's the shame of having the two best defensive third basemen on your on your on one team? That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> um, uh, stacks in this one. We'll have to wait and see on the pitching. If Flaherty plays, I, he's seventy four hundred. I think he's in play against a high strikeout yeah. Minnesota team. If If he does make the start, but definitely keep an eye on the news today. Trade deadline at three p.m. So. 3 p.m. Eastern, we will know by the time lock rolls around who's been moved and who has not. So um, just keep an eye on that early in the day. Yeah, he's uh, he's going to be one of my favorites on the slate if he plays. I always just play whoever against Minnesota. I had 30% Yarbrough the other night when he was 4% owned against Minnesota, and he smashed. He went six innings, five Ks, and it's Yarbrough. Yarbrough doesn't strike anybody out, but I can strike people out against Minnesota. So can you. And so uh, we might as well keep pit playing the major league pitchers against them. Having said that, Minnesota offense 
if it's Flaherty, I will still be sacking this Minnesota team. And probably regardless of who it is, I'm probably will sack the Minnesota team as well. I, I like to go overweight on both the pitcher facing Minnesota, Minnesota and the Minnesota offense, because outside of Buxton and Correa and Polanco, who are still cheap, they're all below 5k, which is super cheap, especially for Buxton. But this team is very cheap and they have upside. You go Julian, Kepler, uh, Walner, Jeffers, and Gallo. Those are five guys who can all hit home runs and they're all 3k or three, three or less. Yeah. I, I love this call. You play both sides of this game. Um, if it's Flaherty and especially lefties against Flaherty, Kepler is super, super cheap. Love that call. Gallo, even though he's been hitting down in the order would, would have tons of interest in him. Um, Mikeless is the other guy I, I'm seeing somebody in, uh, James in chat says, um, DK has Michaelis. Same same feelings. If it's Michael is making this start, I'm stacking twins. Probably not playing Michaelis. Um, yeah. Just not enough upside there. But uh, stacking Minnesota, hunting home runs with Minnesota, all, all of the above. I'm in. I don't know if I can ever play Michaelis. Um, maybe I will just if I end up getting a ton of Minnesota stacks. Maybe I'll do it like just in case. Um, like well, uh I literally just talked about how anybody can strike them out. And so <laughs> it, uh, it, it seems silly to go back on my word now, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I don't want to play Michaelis, but if I, if Minnesota ends up like my highest owned stack because of their price, then maybe I'll, uh, I'll mix in a little bit of Michaelis St. Louis going up against Lopez, not going to have any interest there. Uh, White Sox at Texas Rangers is the next one we got on tap. No total yet in this one. Schultons at 5.6K going up against John Gray. Uh, as Dean mentions so often whenever you guys are on a show together, you're the prospect guy. Uh, who's <laughs> Schultons? Can we play him or is this just a relief pitcher? He is just a relief pitcher. He was a starter throughout his minor league career, so it's probable that they'll start him back out now that they've, they'll stretch him back out now that they've traded everybody away. But I can't imagine that he's had enough time to get stretched out. He, he just pitched on the 29th. Um, he threw an inning, 16 pitches. So this is at most a two or three inning stint here. You can't play Schultons. He's had double digit uh, points that once this entire year, you can't play this guy. <laughs> You're crazy, Keith. Why would you uh, recommend that? No, I'm just kidding. Um, on the other side of things, uh, do you have any interest in John Gray? Are you seeing Gray? I'm seeing Heaney on. Oh, DraftKings. you are right. It is it is Heaney on DraftKings and John Gray on uh, the starting lineups page for uh, uh, for Roto Grinders, and so not hmm. sure officially which one it is, but uh, I wouldn't have much interest in an eighty five hundred dollar John Gray, but I do have interest in a sixty six hundred dollar uh, Andrew Heaney. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at as well. Um, Heaney at 6,600. Like I know it's been a rough season for him, but there's still strikeout upside, and it's not the strikeout upside that we saw in the last couple of years, but still well above average strikeouts. This White Sox team has is being dismantled as well, so who knows who's going to be in this lineup? Who knows who's still on the roster at this point? Heaney at 6,600. I I think you could find eight nine strikeouts in this spot. The Sox do set up a little bit better against lefties. Um, and they're getting a little healthier, but like Eloy Jimenez is a name that's been floated on the, the trade block. Tim Anderson, another guy. If they trade a couple of these pieces, it could be a really weak uh, White Sox lineup. So even if they don't trade anybody and it's full strength, I'm still interested in he in Heaney because of the price. 
Anderson and Jimenez, a couple guys on the block that I wouldn't hate if the Blue Jays happen to pick up. And so uh, definitely keep an eye on what the White Sox do with the trade deadline. I think Heaney is likely going to be one of my favorite uh, pitchers on the slate. Um, but I'll, I'll probably regardless of who's out there, I'm still going to stack up uh, uh, whoever's in that Cubs lineup. I think Robert is a phenomenal play. Um, I think Jake Berger is a phenomenal play. Two guys I'll likely be uh, betting home runs on. You mix in some Vaughn and some Moncada if they're in there. Grandal is super cheap. If Rem- if Remillard's in the lineup, he's fine as well. So because of their prices, this is probably a team I'll stack up a little bit against Heaney as well because he can get lit up. Yep, completely on board with that. He's had a home run problem his whole career as well. So I don't mind just trying to find home run one-offs. I don't mind a mini stack. I don't know if I get to the full stack, but guys like Vaughn and Anderson, if he's still there, Berger, I love, even though the price is coming up. Uh, Eloy certainly has upside on his $4,100 price tag. So probably a mini stack for me or, or home run hunting, but definitely think that you can uh, pick on Heaney a little bit, even if you're playing him. Yeah, 100%. He's a very similar, like it's what we talked about with Minnesota, where they can strike out a lot or they can hit a bunch of home runs. Heaney's kind of the pitching version of that, where he can strike out 10 guys or he can walk five in the first two innings and give up three home runs. Um, So feel very similarly. How about Texas in a a bullpen game? Still no Corey Seager, still no Jonah Heim. There's there's power in this offense, but uh, not quite as dangerous without those guys. Yeah, two of their better hitters, um, and they're still priced up. Like Simeon, six K still. Adolis is is fifty five hundred. Jung is is forty six hundred. Nate Lowe is probably the guy I'd look at at forty one hundred. Um, I don't know if this is a full stack, just because without Seager and Heim in there, the lineup falls off quicker. Um, not that I'm afraid of the White Sox bullpen, and and who knows, maybe we get a, a more of a gas can starting pitcher than this bullpen game. But as long as it remains a bullpen game, my interest on Texas is lukewarm. Um, if they call up some journeyman 30-year-old from AAA, I don't even know the names right now, but I would have a little more interest in Texas. But there's other offenses on the back half of the slate that are just in fantastic spots. You certainly would rather pay for Atlanta. Um, Texas is going to be way down the list for me today for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. Unless we get some random news that somebody will be starting with a full pitch load and they're really bad, I'm not going to be playing any Texas. Next one, we got Cincinnati at the Chicago Cubs. Your Chicago Cubs, the new home of Heimer Candelario. Yeah, baby. Total in this one. Uh, do you have any interest in Ben Lively uh, going up against your Cubs? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 7,200, I think it's he's in play. Um, another situation where it's you're just hoping to survive. Um, Heaney could absolutely get blown up at 6,600. Josiah Gray, another guy that I didn't mind in that range, could absolutely get blown up. If both of those guys catch a little bit of ownership and I'm looking for a pivot, I don't mind Lively. I think, and Ryu is another guy. I think Lively is fourth on this list for me. So I probably don't end up there. Um, but if I need pivots in this range, once ownership gets firmed up closer to lock, I wouldn't be opposed to it. There, there are plenty of strikeouts in this Cubs lineup. If we get some wind blowing in as well, that would be helpful. Um, but like I said, he, he's probably fourth on my list of that like six and seven K range. Yeah, I think we'd need a big wind blowing in for me to consider him. Definitely wouldn't uh, call anybody stupid for playing him, but I don't think that I'm going to be getting to him. S- Justin Steele on the other side, I will like him a lot more if we get the wind blowing in, but Steele at 9,100 is one of my favorite pitchers on the slate. Interesting. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about the strikeout upside. Um, Steele's a fantastic pitcher. Strikeout rate is just sitting right around league average, though. Um, he's had a, a, a great year. I just this Reds team can offer some problems. Um, Ellie is certainly better from the other side of the plate, but they they still have guys like McLean um, and Steer in there who are just really good against left-handed pitching. Ninety-one hundred is a big ask for a guy with a, an average strikeout rate. So I, I agree with you. He's in the pool. I don't know if he's one of my favorite pitchers on the slate, though. I just really don't think we're going to see much ownership going his way against Cincinnati. And I agree with you there. Especially if we, and yeah, so I, uh, to word what I said better, he's one of my favorite pitchers in the slate for tournaments. I don't think he's necessarily in the cash game consideration, but I think for his ownership, I'm going to really, really like playing him. The last time this guy pitched less than six innings in a game was June 17th, month and a half ago. Uh, we're, we're talking August now. And so uh, I just really like the floor for him. And I think there's definitely a ceiling at that nine, one price tag in case he gets, has a solid game for strikeouts and then the wind's blowing in. So he doesn't give up any homers. I think there's potential for him to put up a real strong game. Um, offenses in this one, are you going to be looking to play any Cincinnati against Steele? Um, it'd be home run hunting only. And Steele just doesn't give up that many home runs to begin with, even if the wind's not blowing in. That said, Matt McLean, he's still very expensive. I think he's unowned in this spot. He is crushed left-handed pitching. And Spencer Steer at, at 4,700. Those are the two guys I'd be looking to. Um, definitely not a stack for me, though. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And like it, maybe if the wind is blowing out, I'm going to have some interest. But otherwise, probably not so much. The Cubs going up against uh, Lively, maybe a little bit more. Um, Cody Bellinger is just always one of my favorite bats on any slate. So I love Bellinger. But... I don't really think I want to full stack them in this spot. Yeah, I agree. More of a home run hunting spot for me here. Um, And again, keep an eye on the weather and the wind. That's always a major factor in Wrigley. Um, Bellinger's been on absolute fire. He's up to 5,200. He's worth every bit of that. 
Um, Hap is still too cheap, in my opinion, 3,500. Talkman, if he's in there and leading off again at 3,200, I can certainly get behind that. Um, Suzuki's price just will not go up. He's struggled this year, but he's a better hitter than 3,200. Um, so there are some pieces here I certainly don't mind. I, I could even see a mini stack like the, the Gomes, Talkman, Suzuki, all 3,300 or 3,200. I don't mind that as a cheap way to fit in some bigger bats. Yeah, I think you can mix some of them in there as well. Do a little Talkman. I do like him for his price, Suzuki. Ian Happ is so cheap as well. These outfielders just the infielders, their price tags are all good. It's the outfielders who are all just wildly cheap. So um, that's likely where I'm going to be looking uh, to go there too. Uh, next spots on this slate, we got the Guardians at the Astros. Astros looked like they were really going to be letting everybody down. Uh, and then they came alive towards the end of the game to uh, thankfully for me, because I had a lot of Astros. Um, we got Gavin Williams at 6,700 Framber Valdez at 11.1 K eight total in this one. It's a battle of Valdez versus Strider again, Keith. Uh, <laughs> where do you prioritize Valdez all the way up at 11.1 K? I mean, I am always going to side with Strider in this matchup or in this battle, I guess they're not really matched up against each other. Um, Cleveland is just such high contact. Valdez is not anywhere near the strikeout pitcher that Spencer Strider is. Um, I mean, we're talking about what a 15% gap in strikeout rates. That's the difference in an elite pitcher and a a below average strikeout pitcher. Valdez is above average with strikeouts, but Strider is the best in the league. So the upside just isn't that close for me. Um, And then you factor in the high contact opponent as a matchup as well. I don't think I get to Framber on this slate. He could certainly go out there and, and, throw a complete game and come somewhere in the realm. If Strider gives up four or five runs and only gets eight strikeouts, um, maybe he could outscore him. I don't think it's something I'll be chasing on this slate though. I think I'm probably going to get there just because I've, I've, I've really liked targeting left-handed pitchers against Cleveland all year. I, the righties worry me a little bit, but the lefties, I, I like getting there. And so Valdez has had two pretty terrible games in a row. Um, and so maybe something's off with him, but, that could just be two bad games in a row that help lower his ownership. And so if he's going to be somebody who's really low owned on this slate, because it's Cleveland, they don't strike out much because he doesn't have the same upside as Strider. Um, and because uh, he struggled the last two games, I, I could see myself getting there for sure. Uh, Gavin Williams at 6,700. That's a nice price tag for a guy with the upside of Gavin Williams, but it's the Astros and the Astros are fully healthy. I don't think I can get there. Yeah, I don't either. Gavin Williams, um, super young, has not quite replicated his minor league success in the big leagues yet. Walking a few too many guys, the strikeouts aren't quite there yet. Really tough matchup. Now that Houston is fully healthy, they're an offense we're, we're going to want to avoid on most days. Yeah, I think so too. Not playing much. Uh, like In terms of the bats in this one, I don't, don't think I'm going to play any Cleveland going up against Valdez. But Houston, I think we're going to see this be – a regular occurrence now they're basically always going to be one of the very top stacks on the slate and i think alvarez and tucker same train as they were on uh on monday two of the very top bats on the slate yeah no interest in cleveland bats for me either um houston i don't like this spot as much as i like them on monday night um I, I believe in the talent of williams i think he's going to keep getting better with every start out that being said that houston is now in that elite tier with the Atlanta's the Texas, the Tampa Bay, uh, as far as best, the Dodgers, best offenses in baseball. Um, Alvarez being back is huge. Altuve being back is huge. 
they're expensive. They're not quite at the top of my list today, uh, but they're certainly top five, I would say, maybe six. Um, but yeah, like Alvarez and Tucker, two, two of the top bats on the entire slate. Yeah, I agree with you. And I like them a lot more than I like the full stack, I think. Um, Gavin Williams has struggled a lot more against lefties this season, striking out a, a few less of them. Um, I guess not really. It's just on the his his surface numbers have been a lot worse to lefties uh, this year. But uh, his uh, hard hit rates and his strikeout, there's not that much different. He just walks way more lefties than righties. And so with that, the crazy walk rate uh, he has to lefties, I would maybe be interested in a, a full stack here just because like we're all, the only lefties we're going to see are Tucker and Alvarez most likely. And so if he just walks those guys every time, it's either full stack or bust. Uh, so I'll probably get to some full stacks here. And no, I, I'm not playing Gavin Williams. Who am I kidding? It's Houston. They're too good. We got Coors next on the slate. We got the Padres. We got the Rockies. The game is still playing right now because it did not start until 11 p.m. Eastern time on uh, here on this fine Monday evening. Um, we got Ryan Weathers and Peter Lambert, I believe, as the scheduled starters for this one. We are not playing either of the pitchers. There's no point talking about it. The Padres and are the top stack on the slate. Colorado, who knows what their offense is, but they're pretty cheap and they're playing a, a poor pitcher. Um, San Diego, top team on the slate. How are you going to handle the, the high ownership? So Roth said on Monday night that we're going to do the same dance that we did uh, again all week. He said both Tuesday and Wednesday, we can look forward to the will it play, will it won't, won't it play. Um, we have even more options than we had on Monday night on this slate. I took an overweight stance on Monday night just because I felt like people were going to get scared and it's the first game in Coors for San Diego and people generally think that's a good spot to fade anyway. Um, today, I think I'm going to be underweight on them. Uh, Lambert is I, – I like how San Diego matches up against the lefty on Monday night better than how I like that they match up against Lambert. Don't get me wrong. I still think they score a bunch of runs here. Just maybe not the double digits that I was expecting on Monday night. Um, they're expensive. It's a fantastic spot for them. It's strictly an ownership based fade. I mean, that's, that's just, that's where I'm at. It's, it's going to be weather and there's more games to, to find somebody who can put up at least what San Diego can. So I think I fade them on the slate. So interestingly enough, I have the actual opposite, uh, strategy here i full faded them on monday and i'm gonna ignore the opposite the ownership and play a ton of them on tuesday because the reason i faded them was because of weather i actually loved seth lugo seth lugo was my favorite pitcher on the slate alongside pavetta in france i wanted to just get an absolute ton of him and then the weather scared me off i got zero percent um but them unless roth says like they can't play this game tonight and unless he sees something and it's like there's no way Monday night's game shows me that they don't give a damn and they are going to play the games in this series and they're going to wait as long as they need. I've never seen a game start as late as 11 Eastern. I've seen games continue after they've been delayed already after the games have already started that late. I've never seen a game start that late. Um, And so to me, I'm just going to go, I don't care about the weather unless Roth absolutely says no. Um, Lambert has given up 50% uh, hard hits to both sides of the plate. 
I'm just going to be playing a ton of uh, Padres on this slate and hope the weather scares other people off. Fair enough. And one of us will likely make some money. The other <laughs> one is uh, probably going to have a rough day. And it's Coors, so it could really, really go either way. Uh, Colorado on the other side, it's going to depend on the lineup, but they're facing a lefty, and now they don't have Krohn or Grichuk anymore. Uh Diaz is 4,500. He's a great play, I think, as a, as a one-off. But outside of him, maybe like you get some Tovar leading off, go with a, uh, a mini stack with Profar. But I want to wait and see what this lineup is. If we, still, if we get Brendan Rodgers back in there, back fifth, something like that at 2,600, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw him out, out there too. So I, just, I really want to see this lineup. I love the Brendan Rodgers call. He's a guy I definitely had highlighted here. Um, he's a better hitter than this. He's just been hurt all season, so his price is not adjusted. Um, he, at this point, is the best hitter in the lineup outside of maybe Elias Diaz, which thinking about saying that a year ago is insane. Um, Tovar is a decent enough prospect. I think 4200 is a fair price for him against a low strikeout lefty. Um, I prefer Profar against righties. Montero has some power. If he's in there, 3300 he should be in there. Um, it's a very weak lineup, but it's Coors Field and it's a really weak left-handed starting pitcher. So I I did not stack Colorado at all on Monday night. I didn't think the weather was worth it. Again, we're going to be monitoring weather on Tuesday night. It's a better spot for them, in my opinion. So I'm going to try to get to some Colorado, but if the weather is even 50-50, I probably don't get there. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't want to one-off these guys in a weather game. And so um, I feel sim- I feel similarly on that one as well. Red Sox and Mariners. I don't even want to talk about this game because I'm just so sick of how the Red Sox just did me. One of their three best hitters just needed to home run against the guy who's terrible against lefties and elite against righties. All I just need is one of these little lefty guys, but it's fine. It's fine. Seth Lugo looking like he's gonna he's on pace to outscore Nick Pavetta. I wanted to lock him in. Chief and I were talking on the morning grind. That's he brutal. said we were lock buttoning Nick Pavetta. Or sorry, Seth Lugo. <sighs> Sad, sad, but it uh, is sad. you do what you got to do. You do, uh, you move on to the next day. Brian Bayo at Bryce Miller. I don't like the price tag of an 8.9K Brian Bayo, but I love Brian Bayo and I love f- taking pitchers against Seattle. So I'm going to be playing quite a bit of them. Yeah, both of these guys, I think this is very similar to the Justin Steele conversation who is right in this exact same price range. I could see any of these three pitchers absolutely breaking the slate with a huge performance. They're probably a little bit overpriced for their upside. I think Bayo is my favorite of the three. Um, just Seattle strikes out so much. It, there's risk because of their power. Just I like I like Bayo. He he has really improved his walk rate. Strikeouts are still a little bit below average, but because of the the matchup here, um, Bayo at eighty nine hundred. I think in this range is my my favorite of the three. Yeah, I think he's my favorite of the three, too. He's somebody I've really liked playing all year long, and the Seattle team just strikes out so damn much. And so Bayo is going to be one of my favorite guys to go to here as well. What about uh, what about Bryce Miller on the other side of things? Because he's somebody that I've enjoyed playing quite a bit this year, but only a 16% strikeout rate to lefties, almost 30 to righties. He's elite to righties so far this year. Um, but to lefties... Only 16%, 51% hard hit rate. Guess what? Yoshida, Devers, and Cassis, they all disappointed me on Monday. I'm going to be playing all of them again on Tuesday, and I'm going to be betting all of them to hit home runs again on Tuesday. 
Yeah, you, you nailed it with the strikeout splits. Boston's just too left-handed heavy here. I love Miller as well. I played a ton of him this season also. Love that fastball. It's just so impressive. Um, just can't do it on this in this spot. Boston, a very high-contact team. I like Bayo better on the other side. He's 300 cheaper. I probably don't get to Bryce Miller on this slate. Um, I don't think you're crazy if, if you wanted to take shots, though, just because he, he's a very talented young pitcher. I just don't like the matchup for him. I had one. I made 150 lineups uh, on Monday, and I did one lineup where I hand built it, and I went two actually. Where I did one where I went screw the weather, and I played Lugo with Pavetta, and I full stacked the Padres in that one lineup. Of course, Padres aren't uh, aren't doing anything, but then I also did one lineup where I went, you know, let's try Gomber is so cheap. I'm going to go Lugo and Gomber, put them in the same lineup. <laughs> Lugo's pitched four innings, six Ks. Gomber's pitched five innings, only one run in five Ks. It was with the Braves. It was a full <laughs> Braves stack. And so, of course, that team's just garbage, too. I feel DFS like I, is a hard game, man. <laughs> it is. I feel like I've been absolutely just lights out with pitching my pitching takes the last couple of weeks. I feel like they've been they've been pretty hot, and they've been working out really well. And I just quite haven't been able to put it together. I've finished – top 10 in a couple of GPPs and I've, but I've never been able to put the big one together this MLB season. And it's, uh, it's frustrating. Hopefully the end of the year and maybe NFL starting will uh, change my fortunes a little bit. Um, what about Seattle? We didn't talk about their bats. I don't think I'm going to play them against Bayo. I don't either. B- big ground ball guy, great walk rate. Um, not a guy that I like to stack against. If you wanted to chase home runs, Seattle is really cheap. I definitely would not fault you there. Um, guys like Cal Raleigh, who's got two home runs on Monday night, 4,300. Julio is playable anytime. Suarez has struggled all the way down to 3,300. Probably my favorite guy to chase a home run against Bayo with would be Suarez. I don't mind Teoscar either. Um, Mike Ford, if he's in that lineup, to 2,600. But it, it would just be simply looking for home runs here for me. Yeah, the one argument I'll make for a full stack is just Spencer Strider's on this slate. And if you don't play Julio Rodriguez, you can stack this lineup any way you want to. So wildly cheap. So if you're playing 150 lineups, I don't know if I necessarily hit the X button on the Seattle team just because anybody can break out. It's baseball. It's not like Bayo is an ace. He's a great pitcher, but it's not like he's an elite ace. Um, and so, uh, I, I think they can stay in the pool as a stack in MME just because of how cheap they are. Arizona Diamondbacks at the San Francisco Giants. This game is still playing right now as well as we speak because it's going into extra innings. Zach Gallen at Alex Cobb. Gallen is in the hunt for, uh, NL Cy Young, but I don't think he's going to beat out Spencer Strider. I think Strider's going to have that one in the bag, but still Gallen having a great season going up against uh, the Giants at 10.5K. You got Cobb, who was supposed to start Monday, got bumped to Tuesday. He's 8.2. you have any interest in Gallon going up against San Francisco? Yeah, any lineup that I can't get to Strider to, Gallon's going to be the guy. Um, San Francisco strikes out plenty. They're going to put a bunch of lefties in there against him. Um, so that's a little bit of a concern. But like you mentioned, having a great season, uh, plenty of strikeouts here, 26%, well above league average, elite walk rate, 5%. Um, 10, five is about where he should be priced in this spot. San Francisco is going to get lefty heavy on him. Um, but that's all right. Gallon, gallon can win in any matchup. Like I said, I prefer Strider. I'll get there as often as I can, but when I need that 2000 gallon gallons, the guy. And gallons actually had more, uh, 
4.3% more strikeouts to lefties this year. He's getting hit very hard by both sides of the plate, but he's racking up more ground balls to the lefties as well. So I, I agree. I like him as, uh, as well today. I think I would put him number two of, on my guys over 10K. He'd be my second favorite behind Strider, and then Valdez would come number three for me. Um, but I, it's going to be interesting to just kind of see when I start building lineups tomorrow if I'm going to prioritize the Peralta, Steele, Bayo uh, tier over uh over valdez and gallon i'm just gonna have to start building a few lineups and to see where the pricing shakes out first um what about on the other side of this game do you have any interest in playing alex cobb at 8200 low strikeout guy against the very low strikeout arizona team i love alex cobb as a pitcher um this is not the spot against a very high contact arizona team Alex Cobb is very adept at getting ground balls. And in, when the matchup calls for it, and I think this is one of those matchups, he is perfectly fine pitching to contact and getting ground balls, which means his strikeout rate is, is or strikeout upside is very limited. When he's in a matchup and can go get strikeouts, like the, his last one against Oakland, he absolutely has the repertoire to do that. His, his splitter is very nasty, um, but he just he doesn't chase strikeouts as often in matchups that he doesn't need to. And I think he, he tries to pitch a contact here against his Arizona team. Um, so I'm out on Cobb. I'm not going to get there just because of the lack of strikeout upside and it's too big of a slate. But if you wanted to play him because you think he can go nine um, – you think you can, he, he can go nine innings and uh, just get a ton of ground balls in this one at 8,200? Sure, but I, I don't think I'm going to be getting there. Um, what about bats on this one? Arizona, San Francisco, I think maybe both teams you can home run hunt a little bit, but I'm not stacking up either of these guys against the strong pitchers that they're facing. Definitely not stacking either one. I think I would rather chase home runs off of Gallon. Um, like... Arizona's priced up for one is why I say that. Um, like Carroll is obviously awesome, but he's 5,900. Um, just trying to look and make sure I'm not missing anybody who might be a little bit mispriced. Um, McCarthy at 3K, there's some stolen base potential there as well. Perdomo at 4,100. Um, really not the guys. The guys I'm looking for home runs would be Carroll and Walker, who are both priced up a little bit. So don't love the Arizona side. San Francisco, you got to deal with the pinch hit stuff. Um, but I certainly like Jock Peterson. You can home run hunt with him. Lamont Wade's fine. Peterson's down to 3,600. That's a crazy price tag for a guy that has massive power. Uh, Wade is only 3,500. It's it's home run one-offs, and that, that's it for against Gallon. We got a uh, Todd Cream in chat right now is saying, does TJ realize that he made it say July 1st instead of August 1st <laughs> on the YouTube? Todd I forgot that we had it, what time it was, and I was 50 minutes late for the show. Then we started it, and I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't make this sound like I'm getting mad at you, Todd. This is me, just my angst towards myself for being an idiot tonight. <laughs> I forgot about the show and was 45, 50 minutes late. And then we, I, we started the show, and we're recording, or we were talking for 20 minutes without being live and without recording as I'm typing, chatting with the chat, not like seeing the live stream just not being started right in front of me i'm talking with the chat i don't even notice it so i'm i'm still giving the elite dfs plays todd but i'm not rookie mistakes all over the place as producer though i'm a production (laughs) dfs content tj he's still here he's ready to go producer (laughs) tj worst showing ever he's ever given hopefully you stacked up against him uh today 
because uh, the producer TJ is definitely struggling. Last game of the slate. The one thing we're doing though, uh, Keith, is we're going quick. 14 game slate. We're getting through here in under an hour. If you don't count the time that we were talking off air, <laughs> we got Oakland. We got the Dodgers. Ken Waldachuk at 5,400, not playing him against the Dodgers. There's no total left in this one. Lance Lynn has the worst ERA in baseball among qualified starters, but he also gets strikes, strikeouts. And this is Oakland in a much better pitcher's park than he's used to playing in so far this year. 7,900. Can you get some Lance Lynn? Lance Lynn is my favorite pitcher on the slate, not named Spencer Strider. Woohoo! <laughs> it is scary to say he has been lit up, like you mentioned. This Oakland offense is not scary. They strike out a ton. If Lance Lynn cannot get excited to be traded from a struggling White Sox team into the middle of a pennant race with the Los Angeles Dodgers, then I just I don't know anything about Lance Lynn. Um, super competitive guy. I feel like he's going to be hyped up for his Dodgers debut. He's got that big strikeout rate that you that you mentioned, and he's got the matchup to dream of. So fantastic spot for Lance Lynn, seventy nine hundred. I could see double digit strikeouts in in this performance i could also see him getting blown up by a really bad oakland team it's lance lynn we're talking about after all uh, but i will be well over the field on lance lynn hopefully people are, are scared off by that era personally i just see strikeouts and i see a, a high strikeout matchup i'll be chasing lance lynn for sure on the slate i'm gonna chase lance lynn and i'm also gonna chase a lot of oakland bats jj Bladé is one of my favorite plays on the entire slate 3k i'm he's gonna be one of my highest owned bats um jace peterson just got traded away so he's not going to be there anymore that's lefty that's gone but there's uh still um you can you can stack up all these guys but there's still brown and blade specifically as long as brown might get traded away i can't imagine they trade away blade i still assume he's super young um as long as he's still on the as as long as uh these guys are in the lineup tomorrow they are going to be uh two um two of my highest owned bats on the slate because they are so cheap. I want to pay up for Strider. And I think some of these cheap, cheap Oakland bats are going to be one of the ways I do so. I love the Blade call. Um, Tyler Soderstrom, the catcher is the other guy I would throw out there. Not another lefty. We know Lance Lynn struggles with lefty power. Um, Oakland doesn't have much of it, but the the guys that they do have Blade, Seth Brown, Soderstrom, um, I, I mean, that's really it. I don't know who will be in the lineup for Peterson. Um, I can't, I can't imagine that it's anyone that great that they have just waiting in the wings. Um, but I, I, I do like the mini stack. I will have less of them than you probably, but any, any lineup of not playing Lance Lynn, I'm fine using some of these Oakland cheapies uh, as a, as a way to save some money. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent overweight on Lance Lynn, overweight on Oakland. I like all of these guys, especially the lefties. Um, morning grind game. We're going to rip through it quick. Why? Because it's late and because I have to pee, Keith. That's why I'm full disclosure. I'm being honest with the people today. They're seeing me at my worst. I'm going to be honest. I got to pee. That's why we're going to hurry through it. So no more wasting time. Who's your pitcher under eight K who's going to get six or more strikeouts. I'm not even going to let you pick because I know it's Lance Lynn. <laughs> it so is. I'm going to go right ahead and pick and I'm going to go with Andrew Heaney as my guy in this. Love that one as well. Um, who's your guy over 8K who's going to bust 15 or fewer fantasy points? Bryce Miller, 9,200, too many lefties in that Boston lineup, really high contact opponent. I'm going directly against you on this one, and I'm going Carlos Radon. I don't, I think he's going to bust in this one. I like the Tampa Bats. Not really against you because you like the Tampa Bats too. 
but uh, the strikeout upside's there. I just think he's going to get lit up in this one from those Tampa bats. I, I got to wait and see him put it together a few games first. Pitch or batter under 4K who's going to get two or more hits. Don't you dare take J.J. Boudet. <laughs> so I just saw in chat, I think we missed the Mets KC game, and we I believe we did because I have Jeff McNeil here. I don't you remember talking about it. Absolutely right. They we get Zach Grinky. The Mets are obviously in play. You can always stack against Grinky. He doesn't strike anybody out. He's a shell of his former self. Um, not playing Grinky as a pitcher either, obviously. Quintana is interesting at 6,100. I don't think I need it on this slate. I'd, I'd much rather just play Heaney, but I don't think you're crazy for wanting to play Quintana. Um, I'm I'm very interested in Royals one-offs against him. Uh, Bobby Witt and Sal Perez, fantastic plays as one-offs. I don't think the Royals have enough upside as a stack. That would be my quick two cents on the Mets-Royals game. Yeah, good call in there. Once again, production TJ, production mode TJ just just not in it today. Um, but that's okay. Zach Granke, not going to play him. Uh, Quintana, I'm not going to play him. I do kind of like players from both of these teams, though. Um, Daniel Vogelbach, I think, is one of the most interesting, uh, like, one-offs, cheapy options on the slate. Granke doesn't strike anybody out. Vogelbach's got a ton of power. I like him in this spot. Uh, and Mets is a mini stack. Kansas City is a mini stack. Getting a little wit, little Perez, um, and even mixing in uh, some Melendez and a few other guys in there in a stack. I don't mind as well. They're just so cheap. Favorite hitter under 4K to get two or more hits, not named J.J. Boudet. Uh, Jeff McNeil, 3,800. There it is, Jeff McNeil, 3,800. And uh, I'm going to go with J.J. Boudet. And uh, who do you got over 5K to hit a dinger outside of course? Give me Mookie Betts against the lefty. He has absolutely destroyed left-handed pitching. He gets Ken Waldachuk today, who's had a big-time home run problem this season. Missed a couple games with that ankle injury. As long as he's uh, back for this yeah, one, I call. agree. I love Mookie Betts. He's one of my favorite bats on the slate anytime he faces um, a right, a left-handed pitcher. I'm going to go with – just want to see if there's anybody a little cheaper than uh, the full 6K guy that I might want to go with. But, no, I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with uh, Luis Robert. Really like him as a one-off today. Probably not going to be full stacking uh, – full stacking the, the White Sox, but I do like Robert as a one-off play. That'll do it for this very makeshift, strugglesome uh, morning grind episode. 14 game slate. It's late at night, but we're going to be uh, back for more content on Tuesday. Chief always has to take your pick show in the morning, and then I'm going to be on Grinders Live with Dean and Tim. Keith is going to be on Crunch Time with Roth and Cardi, so we're going to be back uh, bringing you some more content as well. Good luck, everyone. Hopefully we help you make some money. See you. Uh, see you tomorrow. And uh, this has been the morning grind on behalf of myself, on behalf of Keith. We will see you next time.